God, I think of when you're, when Jesus, you're on the cross and you say, it is finished. God, you show us you are for us with your life. And every day forward, God, you, you give us your forgiveness and your love and your guidance. Thank you that you are for us. God, we exalt you. We praise you. Thank you for meeting us in this place. You are a good father. We welcome you here now, Lord. We love to be in your presence. God, I thank you for the truth of who you are to each one of us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. My name is Josh Locke, one of the elders here, and we are continuing our series from surviving to thriving, and and really we're taking a, a wide variety of topics, and we are just seeing, you know, in 2020, it was a lot of let's get through this, let's get through this, but you know what, that's that's not what God has for us. God, God has come to give us abundant life. And so this year we're looking at how do we move forward to a place, to a place of thriving. Uh, the, the sermon today is called, thank you, From Fake to Fruitful. Anyone know what this fruit is right here? It's a fig. Okay, I thought no one would know. Okay, that's good. Fig, yes, it's a fig. Um, nice. Uh, I've never grown figs. I, I love to try to grow things. And notice I say Try. Uh, because I often do not succeed in growing things. But uh, I have tried to grow watermelon a couple times. Um, so this was a number of years ago, and I, I was just like, I'm going to grow a watermelon this summer. So I got the seeds, I plant it, I get a vine to grow, and no watermelon ever comes of it. Right? It's just a total failure, so I throw it away. Uh, and then we, when my, my, my wife and I moved into the house that we're in now, um, we bought it, and the person who owned it before us grew like 1,000-pound pumpkins in his backyard. Right? So you ever see those huge pumpkins? He would do this. And so, like, this soil, is there's something special in it. I can grow a watermelon. So um, I try to grow a watermelon, and I plant the seeds, and um, it starts to grow, the, the vine, and then I start to see a watermelon grow on it. And I'm, I'm like, pumped. I'm ecstatic. Uh, so, you know, we, we kind of wait through the season. It's growing. It's about, like, a little bit bigger than a softball. I mean, not like a basketball. It was kind of getting to be like a decent size. So I'm pumped. So we take it inside, um, and we cut into it. And it was basically, you know the part of the watermelon that you throw away once you've ate the good part? It was about 99% that, and about maybe 1% of the red stuff. And you couldn't even eat it, right? So this watermelon was just, was a fake. It was a fake. And, you know, that, that's what we're going to talk about today. So Matthew 21, 18 to 20. In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. And then he said, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. And the disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Let's pray. God, we want to hear from you today, and we want to hear what your heart is. So would you let your words come forth, and Holy Spirit, would you speak to us in our heart? Would you convict us where we need to be convicted and encourage us where we need the encouragement? But we just want to be obedient to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
So as, we, as I'm reading this, um, I, I don't know if you've, if you've read this before, but I've read this a number of times, and every time I read it, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, like, I don't really get it. Like, Jesus, I guess, was just mad that this plant didn't have fruit, and then he killed it. And I read it recently, and it just kind of stuck with me. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will do that, where, like, I'll read something, and it will just stick with me and not really, not really go away. So I, I lean in it a little bit, and, and I start by... No, there's another passage in Mark that talks about this. I'm not really getting any, any insight. Um, so I, I read a commentary by R.C. Sproul, who's a theologian. And he talks about how, you know, culturally this is hard for us to understand. But where Jesus lived, there were a bunch of different kinds of fig trees. And there was a fig season, right? There's, there's a strawberry season here, and we know that apples are in the fall, blueberries are in the summer. Like we we kind of get seasons. Figs have a season too. But what what we don't realize is that there are a couple kinds of figs that will grow out of season. And so they'll grow at different times of the year. Sometimes it'll be like a second crop on a fig tree, and sometimes they just have a different season altogether. But what he points out and says is, the way that you would tell if a fig tree had fruit was not by the season, but by the abundance of leaves. And so what Jesus was doing is he's taking this teachable moment to say, listen, disciples, this fig tree had the appearance of fruit, but it had none. And that is what Jesus did not like. So I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm thinking about that. But this fig tree gave all the appearances of fruitfulness, but had none. And then the Holy Spirit convicts me and says, can I give this appearance of fruitfulness, but have none? Can I be fake at times? Because, you know, God's heart for us is fruitfulness. Don't read that. Okay, here we go. God's heart for us is fruitfulness. It's our calling. Galatians 5, 22 to 23, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Titus 3, 14, the fruit is doing good deeds and supporting others. Matthew 5, 16, it's letting our light shine through our good deeds. In Matthew 25, Jesus says, well, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was sick, you took care of me. That's fruitfulness, right? So what is bearing fruit? It's having the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's doing, it's doing good for others. It's supporting others. It's standing out in the world and letting our light shine. So that's, that's fruitfulness. It's representing, it's representing Christ. But this tree was faking it. And, you know, the, where the conviction came from me, as I'm thinking about it, it two areas where, where I can feel convicted by this. The first is, you know, sometimes I can just, I can fall into the habit of coasting. So my wife and I do, we were doing pre-demandal counseling for this couple, and this, this um, little nugget of knowledge that I, I got from a, a family life conference uh, a weekend to remember, it talked about oneness in marriage, and how oneness in marriage is like a river, and you're in a canoe on a river, and you're either paddling in your canoe and you're moving towards it, but as soon as you stop paddling, what happens? You move away. There's no, there's no standing still in a river. Right? You're either moving one direction or the other. And coasting kind of gives me the sense of I'm moving in the right direction because of maybe what I've done, but in actuality, I'm, I'm kind of going backwards. Or maybe the words that I'm saying. I was convicted about this with just... How are the words I'm saying, the way I'm speaking to my kids, is that bringing life? Is that bearing fruit? So I would ask you, you know, 
What about you? Are you bearing fruit in your life? Are you bearing fruit in your marriage? Or just in relationships? Are they fruitful? Are they fulfilling your calling that God has for you? Or in your free time, right? When you're logging online, what are you doing? How are you filling that time? Or how you spend your money? Or how you work? Or the words that you say? Because I believe what God is calling us to do today is is to examine ourselves and hear from him. Because I don't stand up here convicting, but I stand up here being convicted, and I believe that God's heart is for us to look at ourselves. Lamentations 3.40 says, Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 13.5, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Psalms 26.2, Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my thoughts and my mind. So, what I believe God is calling us today is to move away from that watermelon that was fake, or that fig tree that by all appearances should be bearing fruit, but wasn't bearing any fruit. And I just want to share with you how, how this process looked in my life, because I think it's important for us to see, just in real life, what, what does this look like, this conviction? So, here's what I would do, and here, here's what I did. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit just convicted me. And what that felt like was just this verse didn't really go away. It just kind of like stuck with me and I would, I would, you know, close my eyes and I would think about it for a second. And so when I feel that there's something there that maybe God is speaking to me, here's what I will do. I'll take time. And sometimes that's a minute. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. I mean, I have three kids at home, so sometimes it's more like a minute, but it's just a different, it depends on, on what you have. And I'll usually put on music. And then I'll just close my eyes for a second, or for that time, and I'll try to quiet my mind. And I'll put my hands up like this, because I think this is symbolic to say, God, I want to receive whatever it is that you have for me. And then I'll ask God, like, God, this, this verse is standing out to me, or this, this idea of being fruitful, or not being fruitful is, is standing out to me. What does this mean for me? And then I'll just wait. And if if something comes to mind, maybe I'll write it down. Um, maybe I'll, I'll take that and talk to a friend about it, or I'll go through this exercise again. But, but what I do when I'm doing this is just trying to hear from the Lord and saying, God, what, is, what are you speaking to me about this? And so I, I went through this, and I did this, and one of the things that, that the Lord convicted me on about being fruitful was, was how the words I was speaking to, to specifically one of my kids and how I was talking to them. Because I would just get frustrated because um, they're exactly like me in a lot of ways. And, you know, I, I felt like God was saying, like, there's a different way to do this. There's a different way to do this. So when you go through this process and you feel, okay, God, I, I feel like I understand what you're, you're telling me, the next question is, well, what are we going to do about it? So I would ask you to consider some questions as you hear from, from this and as you, as you let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Am I living a fruitful life? What areas in my life am I not bearing fruit? Am I being authentic? And then how do I move forward in fruitfulness? Because I believe many of us, many of us could point to fruitfulness in our lives in a lot of areas. But if we were to examine ourselves and say, am I, am I bearing fruit in all areas of my life? I think God would, there would be some conviction with that. 
you know, baptism, when someone gets baptized, they get dunked underwater, right? And maybe a good, a good pastor, if their elbow pops up before they go under, they're going to double dunk that person to make sure they get all the way underwater. And that's symbolic to be fully submerged because it's saying 100%, because God wants 100% from us. And, you know, Romans 2.4 says that's God's kindness leads us to repentance as we go, as we go through this. So that, that's what I would ask is that God's kindness would lead us to understanding. Maybe there are some areas in our life that we're not being fruitful that God would like to speak to us about. And so then the question is, well, how do we move towards fruitfulness? And I think there's two steps that we can take, two initial things that fruitfulness will begin with. It's to stay close to Jesus, and it's to prepare our hearts. So John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, and neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. And if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So this first step towards fruitfulness is staying close to Jesus. A couple of verses that stood out to me as I read this. Verse 4, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. In verse 5, if you remain in me, or you probably, maybe you've read this and, and you've seen the, the phrase abide in me. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then verse 8, why, why do we bear fruit? We bear fruit for the Father's glory. And it's to show ourselves to be his disciples you know, it's to show God that we're his disciples, it's to show the world that we're his disciples, and to show ourselves that, that we're his. So to remain or to abide, what does that mean? It means to continually be united with and rely upon Jesus. And so I think, you know, the first step in this is to stay close to Jesus. So what would that look like? You know, I, I would ask you if, if you felt, okay, maybe there's an area in my life that I'm, I'm not being fruitful. Maybe there's something that God is speaking to me. How do we bring Jesus into that situation? If you, would, if you were to say, you know what, the time I spend with my friends, it's not fruitful. I always walk away from it, and I just feel like I'm not doing good. It's not producing good deeds or the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's the opposite of that. How do you bring Jesus into that situation? How do you stay close to him in that? Or maybe your marriage, and you're saying, yeah, my marriage is just going nowhere. Well, how do you, how do you stay close to Jesus in your marriage? I think a lot of times, small things can make a big, big difference here. So in, in the, the, the conviction I felt, the words, uh, what I was saying, I, I have this, this app that, will, that I can set a time and it like pops up a reminder for me, kind of like a text message. And I set just random reminders to, to remind me of the words I was saying to, to my kids. And that, that has been really helpful for me to, to just remember, okay, you know, I want to speak life. I want to speak in a way that's patient and kind and loving. So what would it look like to rely upon Jesus in these areas? And then where can you invite Jesus in? 
Because I think the first step we see in John, John 15, the first step, if we want to be fruitful, we have to remain in him. We have to abide in him. So our first step is to stay close to Jesus. And then our second step is to prepare our hearts. So a few years ago, Emily um, got me blueberry bushes. Emily's great at getting me gifts. Uh, actually, I wanted to give a shout-out to Emily because we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Uh, yep, she's awesome. So congratulations, Em and, uh, and I. Uh, so a couple years ago, she got me blueberry bushes for Father's Day, but they were three-year-old blueberry bushes, and that means they were actually producing fruit. So I'd get a harvest right away, uh, which I really need help with to, to be able to grow things. And the, the, the instructions gave very specific details about what kind of soil that you, that you use. Right? And these blueberry bushes, they needed like a mix of um, peat moss and sand, and then you had to have a layer of like acidity on the top, like pine, uh, pine mulch, which is very hard to find. Um, so you, know, you had to have this mixture of, of soil. And you know, like, fruit starts with seeds and with soil. And if we're talking about being fruitful, I think what we can do is to prepare our hearts, to the soil of our hearts, and how do, how, do we, how do we make sure the place that fruitfulness will begin is, is in a good place for us? So I was reminded of the parable of the sower in Matthew 13. Uh, and this, this parable, Jesus is talking about a farmer who scatters seed. And the way that farmers did this uh, in Jesus' time wasn't that they had, like, nice rows or they, you know, scattered the seed in the, in the right spot. Or if you're like me, I'll, I'll, like, use my hand and stick my finger in, like, three-quarters of an inch and drop a seed to try, to, to, try to, to grow things. Farmers would just walk everywhere, and they would just throw seed all over the place, which is why seed fell on all these different areas, right, on the path and on, uh, the, with weeds and rocky soil. Now, this, this parable is about the gospel, right? It's talking about the gospel going to these different places. I'm using this a little bit for us to, to talk about soil and preparing ourselves. So the first place the seed fell was on the hard soil, on the path. And what happens is this, the seed doesn't go anywhere. It gets stuck in the surface. The birds come and they take it away. You know, I was thinking, what, do we make space in our lives to hear from God or to respond to God? Do we rush through maybe our Bible reading, our devotional time? That's definitely me. I definitely tend to do that. Pastor Greg always talks about having a takeaway from our devotion. Right? And that, that takeaway when when you're reading it and writing something down, it's allowing the seed to go a little bit further. So how do we make sure our, the soil of our heart is not packed down, that we're giving space for God to speak to us? The second type of soil, the seed falls on the rocky soil. And so the seed grows, but because there's rocks there, no roots form. And I would ask, where, where do our roots go? Are there things blocking our ability to get closer to the Lord? Are there things that are distracting us from life in that? Is our heart just full of so many other things that we're not giving time and, and allowing space for, for God to, to speak to us? The third kind of soil is the weeds. And the weeds grow with the plant and they choke the life out of it. There's no nutrients. There's no life left. You know, there are things in our life that are just pulling us away from God and sucking the life out of us. And then Jesus talks about the good soil. The good soil produces significantly more than the seeds, right? 30, 60, 100 times. It leads to fruitfulness, which is, which is our calling. So 
soil is where seeds start. And fruitfulness will start with the seed and the soil. So this week, where I felt really just impressed from the Lord was to ask, to ask us as a body to examine ourselves and say, God, am I bearing fruit in my life? In all areas of my life, do I, could I look at that and say there's fruitfulness? Right? If, if how you're, you're dealing with relationships is you're, you're, just, you're never patient, you're not loving, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. And God's heart for us is to be fruitful. Right? So the good news is that he's on your side and that he wants you to be and live a fruitful life. So this week, I would, I would encourage you to take some time. If it's a minute, that, that's okay. If that's all you can give, that's okay. God will use that minute. But take some time this week and just let, let God speak to you. you know, I, I showed you what I did. It doesn't have to look that way. But that, that's the way that God will often speak to me is to take some time and to just listen. To make a plan to stay close to Jesus in the areas that maybe we're not being fruitful. How do we stay close? How do we bring Jesus into those situations? In your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances, in your free time, when you're logging in online, when you're making comments to people, with just the words they're saying, how do you stay close to Jesus in that? And then to ask God, how do I prepare my heart for fruitfulness? Am I, am I letting your word go deep? Or as soon as I leave church, I forget about it until next Sunday. But how do I make space? Or how do I take out the things that are blocking me? Because I believe God's heart for us is fruitfulness. That's his calling in our life. And if it's his calling, that means he's going to equip us to do that. So let's pray. God, this week, would you lead us with your kindness through repentance? Would you lead us through your word? Because your word says that we know your voice. And God, I believe that you are calling us to move from being fake to being fruitful. You want us to move forward in that. You don't want us to be like that watermelon that had no value or that fig tree that gave the appearance of fruitfulness but, but had none. You want us to be fruitful. So this week, would you, would you help us to examine ourselves and to hear from you? Where, where am I not being fruitful? God, teach us, how do we stay close to you? How can we incorporate you into that? Give us the creativity to think through ways to do that. And God, would you guide us on preparing the soil of our hearts? Would you speak to us and, and direct us where we need to go. God, I thank you that you love, that you love us, that you care about us, and that you are for us in all ways, that you desire for us to be fruitful, and that you've called us to that place. So Lord, we, we love you, and we commit this week to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for coming.